The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Yeah, boy, you know how long I've been waiting all week here listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Of course, I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of things that do matter to me today. And one of those, as I said last week, is Million Dollar Mike. And, uh, you know, back in the day, a million dollars was a lot of money. And Mike was one of the first ones that made millions in his music. But he, he just touched millions of people across the world. So I got to continue to pay a tribute to Michael Jackson, as, uh, of course, by now everybody is aware and probably have seen the memorial service uh, that, of course, that happened, took place uh, uh, in L.A. And uh, the family and, and everybody was there to, to participate and just fans all over the world today. Everybody feels a loss. And, uh, you know, Michael made, Michael made damn good music that got you fired up and ready to play some ball, too. I mean, for those out there, you know, I thought it was you know, probably one of the greatest tributes that could be made by a human being, uh, a man of power, uh, the president of the United States to say that I had, uh, he had Michael Jackson's music, all of his music on his iPod, you know, and that's just the kind of person that, uh, the kind of music that Mike made. I mean, it, this is this is all about the man and his music. Uh, his family is feeling a tremendous loss, and my prayers go out to all of them. But of course, you know, there's another tremendous loss, and that is, of course, that of Steve McNair, you know, and uh, it's, it's, you know, it's just sometimes you find yourself in a position where you actually have, you find yourself at, at a loss for words uh, whenever anybody, um, you know, leaves this earth um, unexpectedly, untimely, and you know, of course, I want to spend a lot of time today on this show talking about uh, Steve McNair. And I'm, I'm going to have a couple people join me. Uh, I'm going to have uh, later in the show, my good friend Alex Stone is going to uh, join me. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the uh, Junior College All-American All-Star Game that he puts on here in Phoenix. Uh, but right now, uh, my good friend, one of my best friends in life. Um, that I, of course, uh, met years ago uh, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. You know, uh, talking about shutdown corner. I know we could uh, rely on, uh, as we called him back then, before there was dirty waters, there was dirty red. And that is Elbert Files, defensive back from Alcorn State. Elbert, you there with me, man? Hey, Ray, what's going on, man? Man, uh, you know, as I said, before there was dirty waters, it was dirty red. <laughs> <laughs> who was shed it all down over there on that corner. You know, you had one one corner and and and, and then Roy had the other corner. See, we all corner state, man. That that's in my heart. We go way back, you know. And I just uh, what's happening with uh with Steve McNair, but certainly 
Steve, you know, brought Alcorn State to a to a new light uh, because of the fact that here was a man now uh, who followed in the shoes of some of the other uh, very good uh, black quarterbacks who who didn't get a chance to play in the league. You know, after Doug Williams came, uh, Steve McNair, and and he came from. Uh, Again, Alcorn State, a, a small school that, you know, for some reason, read many times they're overlooked. But you made it in the league. Roy made it in the league. Uh, help me with my man's name that also played for the Chicago Bears. That was Roy's roommate and your roommate at Alcorn State, the corner. Lester Frazier, he's the defensive coordinator right now for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Roy, Leslie, and myself, we all played down at all corner together. But let me say this, Ray, about you, man. One thing that made my job so easy was the fact that I had you back there playing safe as long as Wes Hopkins. And, and as far as I'm concerned, you two were the best duo at safety that I've ever seen and ever had an opportunity to work with, man. You made my job easy, man. You made well, it very easy. Well, listen, Red, I appreciate that, man. You know, th- th- this is this is Rayola Sports. So this is Rayola Sports. You know, I can relax. This is not a – I'm not a sports reporter. Uh, I don't call myself a sports commentator. People have conversations with players, and you're one of those players that, that we try to bring uh, to this network to let people hear – it from you know people who played the game that's going to give you your honest opinion and and I just want to say this you know you paid me that comp- compliment I need to p- pay this one to you too let me tell you red when when the way you and Roy would come in there and 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 don't don't talk about jamming don't don't talk about playing bump and run don't talk about cover you know for some reason or another I think early in in my career I realized that a lot of times when you were looking for a certain skill sets, there were certain schools and universities that NFL coaches would go to. And some of them, maybe I never heard of them. Maybe some of the other fans out there never heard of them. But there was talent. And you and Roy brought some special kind of cover talent to the league. And, and then when Steve McNair came, he brought a certain type of toughness quality to the league Talk to me about playing ball at Alcorn State, man. I mean, a lot of people never heard of the university. What is it so special about the way you guys play ball down there? Well, I came from Alcorn State University. Alcorn is in a division called the SWAC, the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And in our league is Jackson State. Hey, tell them, hey, 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 Albert, tell them what Herman called that league. Call it Black League. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, <laughs> now tell them who Herman, who, who was Herman? Herman Edwards. Herman, Herman Edwards called it the Black That's League. Another one of our teammates, man. He called it the Black League. There you go. Yeah, but 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 we we had a lot of skill position ball players, and I was fortunate enough that every guy that I played in the secondary with, all of them went to pro. We had Isaac Holt, who was draft, drafted from the second round, drafted in the second round with the Minnesota Vikings. We had Mark Harper, who played with you right down there. Oh yeah, place. oh yeah, I know Mark. I know Mark yeah. well. We had Leslie Frazier, who played on that Super Bowl team with Buddy Ryan, who was the star cornerback over there for Buddy. And, and, and like I said previously, who's now the defensive quarterback, defensive uh, coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings, and will be one of, the, one of the next minority head coaches in the NFL. We had the guy named Daryl Hart who played with the Oakland Invaders. We had Milton Mack, who played, was drafted in the fourth round with the Minnesota Vikings. So I played profile with about six or seven of these guys, and we all came through. I was fortunate enough to play with all of them because I was in the middle. 
Well, you oh, know, Elvin, oh. I, I got to say this, man. There's, there's one thing about, you know, I, I did not go to a, a black college. I, I, of course, went to, you know, went to Ohio State University, the Ohio State University, as we say. But right. I, I believe that, you know, in the generation of which we came up in, uh, there were many reasons why, you know, people decided to go to, to bigger schools. And, and a lot of it had to do with the, uh, the fact that we were going to be seen on national television across the country. And I do believe that that plays a big part in where a lot of people go. Of course you want to get your education. And I think all colleges and universities are doing a very good job of making sure that students in particular today are getting the education. But when we were going to school in, in those days, in, those, in that generation, I think it also as well as the education, it was important for us to get the kind of exposure because you never know if you're going to make it to the next to the next level or not. So you want your parents to be able to sit down and be able to watch you play on on television. And, and now I think some of the, uh, the the black colleges are getting more television exposure. Am I right about that? Yeah, we're getting more television exposure now. It's still nothing like um, like like you had at, at, at Ohio State. But one of the things that I noticed, and I and I watched you Ray very closely, and I looked up to you and I idolized you. But as far as that scene, I'm not talking about as far as the physical aspect of the game, but as far as the mental aspect of the game, you were more versatile in that area than I was. You know, you you, you were better suited for the press. You know, because you had been exposed to those things at Ohio State. You know, uh, you had all the media. You know, you know how to handle the media. I mean, that's one thing that I looked up to you. But as far as um, the athletic ability, you guys had more athletic ability than we did because you were able to recruit more than we did. But as far as the skill position ball players, I think that uh, all corner, we were a little better at the skill position ball players at the cornerback position. I can only speak for the cornerback position because we played man-to-man every down. I had never played a zone before until I got to all corner. On first and second down, on first, second, third downs, on first and second down, we had three defensive backs on the field. Well, we brought our fourth defensive back on the field, which was the free safety. We brought him in on third down. So, uh, and, and the way it was set up is the best cornerback has got the best wide receiver. And, you know, being the best cornerback at doing my air, I had an opportunity to cover Jerry Rice, which I had my best college football game. I was lucky enough to pick off four interceptions on him, and I played against guys like uh, Tremaine Johnson and uh, Charlie Brown out of South Carolina State. So what that did, that enabled me to take my game to another level. So when I got to the pros and and we played uh, man-to-man, that was my asset. But the position that you play, now I couldn't play your position because that safety position, see I was a skill position ball player or finesse ball player, but when it comes up to tackling those running backs and taking on those guards like you did, I could not do that. And I remember clearly and distinctly, distinctively one time when I was stopped blocking Joe Browner and I was only weighing 107 pounds and he had like just ran straight through me and you came out of nowhere and just laid him out and I'm like, wow. Wow, that's what a safe is all about right there. <laughs> well, hey, well, let me just say this, Red, man. You, you, you give me all them compliments, man. I certainly appreciate them. But, I man, there was another cat back there with us named Wes Hopkins. And listen, uh, Wes, oh, Wes, Wes used to hit so hard. I'm telling you. Know, Wes was the hardest hitting safe ever seen in my life, man. I, I, man, he, he, he hit, he hit so hard that my wife told me, listen, now, I want to stay married to you for a while. So if Wes come anywhere near you, you make sure you get out of his way. <laughs> because, you know, don't let him make a mistake and hit you. 
with you. But let me say this. Let me go back to what you were saying about uh, the cornerback position because uh, I, I believe, uh, you know, when I when I look at because I played corner at Ohio State and then I then I came into a safety, you know, in, in the NFL and I never played safety in my life. And, and I can say this to you, you know, because I had a, a, a good conversation. Shout out to my man, Kelvin Fisher. I spent some time with him on the 4th of July and saw that huge Super Bowl ring. I mean, the, the Super Bowl ring, that that the that the Steelers have this year, that, that's not a ring. That that's that's a monument that you're supposed to put up, you know, on a on a mound someplace. But I think we got music read. Hold on, I'm gonna tell you what I was gonna say on the other side of the break. You listen okay. to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I got my man Albert Files with us here, former Philadelphia Eagle defensive back, and also from Alcorn State. So hang in with us. We'll be back after this message. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Oh, 
Okay, we're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I got one of my best friends in life and one of my former teammates, Albert Fowles, who held that corner down for us in that secondary with the Philadelphia Eagles. And, of course, Albert is a graduate of Alcorn State University. And uh, before we went to break, Albert, I was talking, you and I were talking a little bit about you know, skill sets of DBs, particularly the corner as opposed to the safety. And I was having a conversation that I was saying with my man Kelvin Fisher. Again, shout out to Fish with that Super Bowl monument. It's not a ring. It's a monument that you just put up on your plaque. And uh, we were talking about the safety. And, and I will say this, man. I think sometimes there's no doubt in my mind when it comes to coverage because, again, I played a little corner at Ohio State and then came in, you know, played against Anthony Carter, some of them kind of cats from Michigan. And uh, and then I got into uh, the NFL and I played safety. And I will say this, that you, you are right on the money about the coverage. But when it comes to the tackling part, and I told this to Fish the other day, man, you know, as a safety you got to have some of the best tackling ability, and that's why I admire Wes Hopkins so much because Wes wasn't just such a great tackler. Wes knew when to take you out too, but the difficult part of being a free safety is to be in the middle of the field and somebody like Tony Dorsett or Walter Payton got you one-on-one with the whole field and you don't know where they're going and you got to be able to take them down. So, man, I'm telling you, you're right, man. Wes, one of the greatest hitters. I think if Wes doesn't get hurt, I think Wes becomes the best free safety of all time. What do you think about that, Albert? I agree with you 100%, 100%. And I've seen, and when 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 Wes initiated a lick, a lot of times he wouldn't even wrap up, man. It's like when he hit him, it's like, Wow, the guy just goes down and it, down immediately, and it just made it look so easy and so simple. And it's very difficult when you're playing a safety position and you get a running back coming at you in open field. See, the thing about safeties, you don't have anybody to bag you up. See, me playing cornerback, if I miss a tackle, I knew that I had you and Wes back there to bag me up. But the thing about you guys, if you miss a tackle, it's over with. And everybody sees that you are the ones that missed a tackle. So that safety position is very difficult. And then, see, that safety position where people don't realize you've got so many different coverages. You have so many different defenses, you know. So actually what you are is like a linebacker just playing back deeper. You know, so you if you think just because you can tackle and run, you can play safety, no, sir. you got to have some intellectual ability to play back there. Hey, man, I'm going to tell you what, too. I ain't, I'm not going to blame this one on you. I ain't going to blame this one on Andre. Uh, God bless his soul. But also, you got to cover a little bit because every now and then somebody will forget to come out on the field. And I know it wasn't you, it might have been Andre. And y'all end up putting me in the slot with, 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 either, with either Duper or Clayton down there in Miami. And wasn't nobody, right. wasn't nobody on him. And I, I didn't want to go to the sideline and tell Fred, well, Fred, I, you know, I was supposed to be playing deep. Yeah, I wasn't my response. Hell, I had to try to get up there and jam him up. And let me say that. Speaking of trying to get up there and jam him up, man, I got to give a shout out. And, and, and send a, a shout out to heaven to see I learned how to play DB red because in my in my high school I was coached by a guy by the name of Bill Knox and Bill Knox was the brother of Chuck Knox and the only reason why I felt that I was at an advantage is because now that I'm older I know that what what Bill was doing is Bill was spending time with his brother at their practices and at camp, and he was bringing back that technique to me in high school. 
and giving it to me now. And I, and I say that because there are a lot of guys who are out there now who are interested in coaching, who have some abilities because right. they played in the league and they want to share that. And, and I'm wondering if you're finding that in your experiences, are people willing to accept the knowledge that you have and allow you to give it to young men out there, or are they somewhat intimidated by it, or just for some reason or another threatened by it? I, I don't know what it is. Hey, man, you, you hit the nail on the head. I, I think, that, I think, and I hate to say this, but when I've worked with different high schools, it's like the, it's like they had this intimidation factor. And I, and, and when I start working with them, the first thing I do, I'm here to help you. I'm not here. I'm not here to threaten your job in any kind of way. I'm here to help you. The position that I played, I played the position all my life. And that cornerback position, you can't coach that from the books. That's something you have to be. You have to be in an arena to uh, coach that position. You know, so it's been very difficult for me, Ray. And 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 I'm a black man that has graduated from Alcorn State University, played in the NFL, has played college, and it's been very difficult for me to find a job coaching myself. You know, so it's, it's, it's been tough for me. I am teaching school now, middle school here in Los Angeles, and I do coach with um, coach the football team here, but I have so much to offer. I have so much to offer, but it's like I said, it's been difficult. And, and it's mostly circles, you know. Most guys that are head coaches, they bring in their own crew, you know, so I can't knock them for that. But my own personal particular situation, it's been difficult. And I've gone on interviews and done resumes, you know, and, and it's like the NFL is not enough. It's not enough for me to bring you in and hire you. So, you know, it is what it is. Well, I wanted you to take that opportunity to say that, and that's one reason why I brought that up, Elver, because, of course, you and I have had conversations about that in the past. And for anybody out there who would happen to be uh, looking for, uh, and I'm going to say a, a, an expert, and I, I'm going to say a professional, because, as they say, once you get paid to do something uh, in life, uh, believe it or not, you are considered a professional. This man has the credentials that he should be coaching uh, someplace today. And, again, this is Elbert Files, former defensive back for the Philadelphia Eagles, a graduate of Alcorn State University. Elbert, that's, that's a little bit now. Let, let's pay tribute to my man Steve McNair. You know, uh, coming out of Alcorn State, I know you, like I, have a tremendous amount of passion and and an affinity and a love for the university of which you attended. So I know that you followed your university after you after you left it. When when you saw Steve as a young man playing ball at Alcorn and then coming to the league, uh, did you have somewhat of a feeling that he was going to be something special and he would have the kind of success on the field that he did? Yeah. Well, let me say this about Steve. I, I feel extremely privileged to have had the opportunity to meet Steve McNair, to be at some of the same functions that McNair attended, us being both alumni from Alcorn State University. The first time I saw Steve McNair, I saw him, they were playing Jackson State University. And they got to take into consideration that I came from a school with about 5,000 students. So in event that we had 15,000 fans in our stands, that was spectacular. Steve McNair brought 65,000 fans to the stands at Jackson State Coliseum. Wow. He 65,000. I mean, it's never been sold out like that since uh, well, Jerry Rice packed it too. Jerry Rice sold it out also. But the first time I saw him, I never saw a guy that was so big and so fast and had an arm like him. My father 
used to always tell me that two things you're born with. You're born with a strong arm and you're born with speed. Well, Steve was born with a rifle. He was born with a rifle. And uh, it was just unbelievable some of the things that he did. And he was a great guy, man, a great family guy. And a lot of times when adversity occurs, so many people are just so negative by nature. You know, that they want to jump on a bandwagon with the bad things. And let me be the first to say that we all have things that we've done in our past that we're not proud of. But surely the good outweighs the bad. So I'm not saying that he was involved with anything bad because of now we don't know facts. All we have is speculation. We don't know what the situations were. But all I can speak about is he was one of the greatest quarterbacks I've ever had the pleasure of seeing and meeting. Well, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm gonna stay on the positive side of things, but I am a Christian man, so I'm gonna say he who is without sin, that he cast the first stone. Let me say that. So, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm not even gonna get into that part of it. And I appreciate that too, Red. But like, I, like you said, something special about this man being big and fast and strong, and and playing quarterback. Now, it was my understanding at one point in time they were considering Steve to be a defensive guy, you know, coming out of high school, possibly that some people were looking at him as being a safety. Right. Well, he had, he had exceptional feet. He had exceptional feet. And for a while, uh, the black quarterbacks were stereotyped, Ray. I'm sure you know that for yourself. Uh, a lot of people thought that they were not intelligent enough to play that position, regardless of how much athletic ability that they had. But that was not the case. And I, I just want to put on the record that Steve McNair has his master's degree from Alcorn State University. Well, I can tell you this. I, I'm, I'm going to say this. I, I know Steve had to be a very intelligent ball player because I know who Steve played for. And, and Steve played for somebody who coached you and somebody who, who coached me for a very short period of time. But I played ball, you know, when he was playing ball. And that's that's Jeff Fisher. I mean, Jeff Fisher, I, I, I don't give the same type of credit to Buddy Ryan and only because I just wish Buddy would have been fair with me, you know, from the very beginning. But I think Jeff was and is an honest man, and he is a man that respects you as a man and as a person. And I just thought that there was such a great uh, a, a relationship of respect between Jeff Fisher and Steve McNair. And, and I think they both have helped each other's careers tremendously. I mean, the success that Jeff Fisher has as a coach is directly attributed to Steve McNair. Yeah, well, Jeff Jeff Fisher was my defensive back coach uh, at, at, at with, with Philadelphia. You know, for yourself, Jeff came down with Buddy Ryan took the head coaching job down in Philadelphia. Jeff was a defensive back coach. He came along with Buddy. But one thing I could say that when it came down to the crucial times in the game, it was Jeff Fisher that made the calls. He made the calls. I can honestly say that. And I've talked to Jeff several times since, uh, not since his incident has occurred, but I've talked to him period periodically. And Jeff told me out of his own mouth that Jeff, that uh, Steve McNair was the best quarterback that he's ever been affiliated with and that he's ever coached. That's well, you know, he and, told I, me. And, I, and I I respect that. I mean, that's one thing about Jeff. I just think. I think Jeff is a man's man. Uh, Jeff ain't gonna necessarily tell you what you want to hear. He he may he may perhaps maybe give it to you in such a way where it may be a little easier. But but Jeff is going to be honest with you. You're not gonna leave there thinking, okay, Jeff Fisher wasn't honest with me. Jeff Fisher is is a damn good coach. But I think Jeff's head may be on the line here pretty soon. Hold on with me, Dirty Red. That's Albert Files, defensive back for the Philadelphia Eagles and Alcorn State. 
Uh, we're going to come back on the other side. It's break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I'll be right back. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. I can take care of myself. I can make a peanut butter sandwich. I can brush my teeth and I can give myself a bath. I can walk home alone from school. I can pick dinner from the trash behind the deli. I can watch the baby for the whole weekend. I can keep a baseball bat by my bed just in case there's trouble. Don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. If you're in jail, who'll be there to take care of your family? Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference most valuable player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Hey, you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. It matters to me that today is a day of which we are paying tribute to Million Dollar Michael Jackson all over the world. God rest his soul. And also, I'm paying tribute here on my show, uh, Steve McNair. And I have a good friend with me, Albert Fowles, shut down corner, former corner with the Philadelphia Eagles when I was there. And uh, also a graduate of Alcorn State University and in paying tribute to uh, Steve McNair. Uh, Elver, let me ask you this. As you go down the list of great players that uh, came out of Alcorn State, um, where do you think Steve uh, finds himself on that list? Oh, without a doubt. Steve McNair is the best 
<laughs> the best athlete that ever came through there. Steve McNair took Alcorn to another level. All right. When Steve was at Alcorn, he was uh, selling jerseys. He was selling. They were selling jerseys of Steve McNair. And this was something that was never heard of at the black colleges back then. You know, they had jerseys. And then Steve gave back to Alcorn. Steve dropped thousands of dollars in the athletic program, the weight room, the, uh, 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 the facility down, the athletic facility. He's done so much for Alcorn State. And then and then he made sure, he, I think he's got three up four brothers. All of them have degrees from Alcorn State University. Well, you know, that's, that, that's interesting because I, I think that many times people don't realize the impact that athletes can have on universities once they are thrust into uh, the spotlight. Uh, Steve McNair and Alcorn State University uh, will from now on forever be mentioned uh, in the same breath. Everybody's going to talk about Steve McNair, you know, from Alcorn State University. So, you know, my question, do you think the fact that now, Perhaps maybe uh, some younger ball players because I mean this is a thing that I always say to some people that you know you got people like John Madden and then you got a younger generation of of, of athletes that just stepped away from the game because some people forget John Madden also played football, but you know Michael Jordan. Some people think that Michael just makes shoes. Steve McNair is a young man who left this earth too early, but he's going to shed some light on the Alcorn State University. You think that will affect the recruiting process? That perhaps maybe that name will be out there and people say, oh. Steve McNair went there and played ball. I can go to Alcorn and play ball. Oh, of course, of course. When Steve McNair was at Alcorn, our recruiting was just unbelievable. We we, we had an opportunity to get some of the blue chipper ball players because a lot of times we can't. When it comes to recruiting, small schools like that cannot compete with the larger schools because we don't have the budget to compete with to, to compete with them. We can't put them on national TV every week to make sure that they're seen. You know. So with the time he was there and the times he left, our recruiting was excellent, and it kind of faded off some after it kind of after after a while, but hopefully this will put us back in the spotlight. And, and Steve McNair's brother interviewed for the head coaching job last year, and I was just hoping and praying that he could have got that job because I knew that Steve was going to be there to help his brother and all the wonderful things that could have come out of that situation. Well, you know, I, I am just happy that uh, that we've had a chance to uh, to shed some, some, some positive uh, light on, on what Steve has done, not only for uh, for for football, uh, for uh, Tennessee, uh, for uh, for football players that encourage some, perhaps maybe some uh, young black kids or young white kids that just to play that position of quarterback. You know, here here is a big man who played quarterback. You know, not all quarterbacks, as we know, they're not all big and strong. You know, you get that size, maybe somebody's thinking about maybe moving you to a tight end or something of that nature. But uh, Steve, you know, stood in there. And, and became one of the best quarterbacks uh, to ever play the game. Let me ask you this. Uh, as, I, as I look down the list of, of some of the quarterbacks who, of course, who have made it, uh, you know, into my hometown of, of Canton, Ohio, and we, we always try to make it hard for anybody to come through there. You know, that's one thing I liked about you is that regardless of who it was, when they lined out, of, you know, outside against you, you, you didn't care. I mean, you didn't care. Hall of Fame, uh, potential Hall of Fame, your greatest wide receiver, whatever, I man. The, the better, bring them on. That's the way you play. Uh, Steve, do you think Steve has the credentials to be considered a Hall of Famer? 
I think he has credentials because if you look what he did, he took a team like the Oilers, who were first the uh, uh, Houston Oilers, but then they, they turned into the Tennessee Titans. He took a team that had never been to the Super Bowl before. He took them to the Super Bowl. He was one yard away from tying that game up and possibly winning that Super Bowl. And then just the stats, you know. And then Steve came from a high-powered offense. When he was in college, he had five or six receivers out there. When he went to Tennessee, he ran a conservative offense. In the event that he had had that uh, that Jim Kelly offense or that New England Patriots offense, Steve would have broke many, 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 many records. Now, everybody that comes from that high-powered offense cannot go and play a conservative offense, but he was able to make that, uh, make that change, that transition. So, I, and your question is yes, I do think he will have to be considered as a, uh, to make the Hall of Fame, without a doubt. His stats should speak for themselves. Well, I think he, I, I think I, I read something earlier uh, today where he was uh, one of three quarterbacks, I think, that uh, surpassed the 30,000 plus uh, yards uh, and then also uh, a passing, and I think 3,500. Of, of rushing and I, I really don't remember I wouldn't call there's no way in, in my mind would I ever consider to call Steve and this is something I'm glad about that he kind of uh, pushed that stereotype to the side I wouldn't consider him a running quarterback you said you you would no I would not no no I, I, I'm saying I would not you know because that was a stereotype many times for black quarterbacks was that they were running quarterbacks I I wouldn't consider I always thought Steve was a, he he could move the pocket. He could extend the pocket. But Steve was not what I considered a running quarterback. Steve was somebody who definitely he was going to hurt you with his arm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I never I, I never really saw Steve run that much until he got in the pros. And a lot of times, if your offensive line is not doing what they're supposed to do, then you got to run to give your receivers time. You know, Steve was a passer. He had the athletic ability to run, but he was a passer. He was a passer. Well, I, you know, I, I agree with you uh, 100% on that. You know, there's no doubt in my mind that he was uh, a great quarterback. And, and I think he'll go down. I don't know if uh, based upon uh, what, they, what the criteria is to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I used to think it was that you had to win a Super Bowl if you were a quarterback. But I'm not sure that's true. But I tell you this, uh, you know, of all time, if you look at all-time great quarterbacks, uh, and you look at who's in the Hall of Fame now and, and what's left of those uh, spots uh, based upon some current generation of quarterbacks, uh, certainly I think he is worthy of, of a strong uh, consideration, and, and I'm not sure he doesn't get there. And the only reason why I think he may not get there, because there may be one quarterback, and I want to ask you about this before you go, uh, because I think Randall Cunningham deserves a nod, and I don't know why he hasn't gotten that nod. I agree 100%. You know, Ray, we were fortunate enough to play with Randall. And uh, Randall was just blessed with all with all kinds of athletic ability. Randall could throw that ball 75 yards in the air and then was a great punter. And Randall had a strong arm, a strong arm. So I don't know why he hasn't been considered. But as far as athletic ability is concerned, as far as stats are concerned, I'm sure he's in the top ten with all of them. Yeah, and Randall, Randall Cunningham, I mean, people have said a lot of things about Randall, but I would tell you this, if if the game is on the line, I would take Randall on my team. If it's at the end of the I mean, that's one thing that Randall did. Randall made NFL football exciting. Randall Cunningham made you want to stay and watch the entire game, particularly if the Eagles were behind. You, right. you wanted to stay and watch the entire game because you know that they had the ultimate weapon 
on their team, and he possibly, if he had the ball, oh man, he gonna he gonna bring him back, and he, he gonna make it happen. It had to be exciting. I mean, I I enjoyed watching Randall play, but Randall was like West. West didn't take it out on his teammates in practice all the time, so we really didn't know how hard he really was going to hit. We didn't know he was hitting that hard until we saw it. It was like, wow. And Randall, right, right. the things that Randall did, we didn't get a chance to see him in practice because Randall was so laid back and so conservative in practice. You know, he might roll out a little bit and just shake his shoulders a little bit. You think he, But when Randall got in the game, man, he, he just turned it on. Oh, man, he's unbelievable. And I never saw a quarterback that could run like that. If, if you want to talk about a pioneer for, for the running quarterback, I think it has to be Randall Cunningham. I tell you what, if I if I needed somebody, a quarterback that I had to have, a, a quarterback that had all the skills, could do everything, right. Randall could do it all. He could throw, you know, he could run. You know, he they, they talked about his plays. Randall was intelligent. Randall could do it all. It was a, it was just about a matter of, okay, when you going to put him in the game? Because early in his career, we didn't know. You know, and then Buddy did that thing where y'all would throw him in on third down. But I think right. that really helped Randall a, a lot doing that to him. Uh-huh. Throwing him into right. the fire right. like that—that that, that helped him a lot. But it, you know, it was—it was risky. But I think it helped him a lot. Right, I think it helped him a lot. He got a chance to get that experience, and you know, a lot of times you, you need that experience early. You know, you, where you get confidence in yourself, the squad gets confidence in you, your teammates get confidence in you. And then Randall played what 16, 17 years, man. Man, let me tell you something. Randall went up there to Minnesota. If you gonna tell me there was a better offense than when they got up there in Minnesota. Whew, Man, Randy Moss, you know, yeah. they, they they just, oh, man, Randy and Chris Carter. Oh, man, Randy, you know, they, they had it all up there. And I was hoping they would have made it to that Super Bowl. But you know how it is. Every now and then you get close. But you just, away, right? oh, man, you just don't get close enough. Listen, Albert, man, I really appreciate it, man. I'm going to have to uh, let you go. But, man, I enjoyed you on the show. And I'm going to talk to you again because, man, we need to have Albert Files right here on Voice America Sports. So I'm going to give you a shout back, man. You take care of you and the family, man. Miss you, bro. Okay, love you too. Take Thanks care so now. Much. All right. Me, All right. God. Thanks. That was Albert Files, former defensive back for the Philadelphia Eagles, a graduate of Alcorn State University, and uh, just this, just a very good, good, good man. But I'm telling you, when you talk about shut down corner, like Herman Edwards used to say, you go to the Black League. They got them shut down corners, and Alcorn State is known to produce. A hell of a lot of those ball players, and uh, he was here to help us pay tribute to, of course, uh, a, a very good. I'm gonna call a great quarterback, a great quarterback. Pay tribute to a great quarterback today, Steve McNair. You hear that music? So I gotta take a break. You listen to Real Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Uh, we're gonna come back on the final segment with my man Alex Stone from the Junior College All-American Game. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. 
We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard Hitting Radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Joe Cribs, No Average Joe is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference most valuable player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. School to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. All right, we're back. It is in the Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. Of course, I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I appreciate my man, Albert Files, better known as Dirty Red, to shut down that corner for us up here in Philadelphia with no brotherly love on his corner and uh appreciate him uh spending time with me to pay tribute to steve air mcnair and uh of course Alcorn state university uh but right now we want to talk about um you know Alcorn is a small school and and many times uh a lot of people who find themselves a lot of players who find themselves at small schools is because a lot of times maybe they don't get the exposure that's necessary uh in order to be attracted to uh, some of the larger Division One schools, uh, exposure because maybe they're from small cities uh, throughout the country. Uh, but there, there's uh, somebody out there who's trying to change uh, the fact that some people end up playing at small schools or small universities, but then at the same time also provide an opportunity for people just to get, you know, athletes just to get an opportunity to play ball, period, if they want to extend uh, their playing careers um, you know, beyond a couple years in school. And uh, I got my man Alex, I've been corrected, Alex T. Stone in the studios with me. Alex, of course, is the uh, founder and owner of the Junior College All-American Game that is held here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. And I believe we had the first game last year, Alex? Yeah, that's correct. How you doing today? I'm doing good, man. So so last year was the, was the first game, 
And uh, of course, tell us a little bit about this junior college All American football game. What what conceptually? What where did this come from? What made you think about a junior college All American game? Well, I thought about the game in 2004 when I was um, coaching at Mace Community College, and I found a lot of great players in the um, Western Western Conference, such as Scottsdale, Glendale, and Mesa. They were not extending their careers beyond junior college. So I researched and I saw the U.S. Army All-American Game had something out there for high school students, but nothing for junior college students. So with a little bit of luck and a lot of um, um, asking for sponsorships and um, getting coaches together, we put this game together. Now, is this junior college all-star game, is it just for uh, kids that are playing junior college football in the state of Arizona? No, um, we actually branched out to nationwide, so junior colleges from across the country. We actually divided into two teams, one uh, from just all-stars from the state of California and the other team, the rest of the country. Okay, so uh, let's say uh, I'm a player. I'm at a small junior college in Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, if there is one. Uh, how am I chosen to play in the junior college all-American game? Well, you're chosen on um, three categories. First of all, your academics. Um, you have to make sure that you're ac- academically eligible to be able to play on the Division One level. Um, that's first. Number two, your coaches have to dominate you. And three, about your athletic ability. You have to be able to um, be able, you have to be able to get to that next level and for what college coaches are looking for. So your coach has to uh, nominate you. So do you have a submission form of what you send to, out to all the junior college coaches across the country to make them aware that there is a junior college all-star game? Absolutely. Uh, we have um, a full staff that sends um, emails, faxes, um, texts um, through the mail. So every coach is aware of this junior college All-American game. And um, they also have, um, we have the video from last year online, and um, we're pretty excited about it. Now, that video that's online, where can people see that video at? People can see that at www.tsbowl.com. And that is going to be a highlight of last year's 2008 game. Is that right? That's correct. And, and when is the game this year? The game this year is December 12th. And it's going to be held where? At Chandler High School for the second year in a row. Wow. Okay. Now, um, it's going to be held December 12th. Okay, and uh, that that's a special day. That's my that's my baby girl's birthday. All right, we'll bring her on. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, that's my sister's birthday. Okay. <laughs> my baby girl's birthday, the 13th, which okay. the game was last year. Right, right. Remember, right. I, that's I was why. a little late. That's right. That's right. But you made it. Though. I made it. I Appreciate made it. it. Well, I, you know, I, I think this is an excellent opportunity for some players because it gives them an opportunity to feel as if they've been accomplished. They're being called an All-American, they're perhaps maybe getting the opportunity to move to the next level. If they haven't gotten that opportunity, meaning that somebody has already offered them an opportunity to go to the next level, are there going to be scouts or college coaches there that are looking and willing to offer scholarships to go to Division One schools or well, well, Division Two? Let me tell you this, Ray. Last year we had 84 participants, 36 of them. Um, receive scholarships at the game or a couple of days after game. Wow, thirty six. And um, can you why don't you name a couple of you? Can you name a couple of those ball absolutely, players? Absolutely, absolutely. We have um, 
two of my favorite players because they um, got their submission in early and they were um, elected captains and they actually helped us um, get the gathering of the other players. You know, they're the team captains, Maxwell Lacey and Antoine Smithson, and they both signed their letters of intent at the game to the University of Utah. Oh, wow. Okay, so, uh, wait, Utah, that, that's yes. not a bad school at all. Well, they were undefeated last year. They should have been playing for the national championship. And um, if they repeat the same season they did last year, you will see them in probably in the championship game. Okay, so these young men got their offer in December. Did they go through spring ball this past spring? Absolutely. Did you get a chance? Have you heard anything from them? How, Abs- how's it working out for them? Both of them are going to be um, in the starting um, rotation. This year. Oh wow, that's, that's that's outstanding. Tell me about a couple other, whether a couple other players that uh, perhaps maybe went to some other d- Division One or, or maybe Division Two, because you can also go to a, get a scholarship to a Division Two school, right? Abs- absolutely, you definitely okay. can. Uh, one of our other um, athletes, Leonard Mason, went to University of Colorado, running back. He's actually going to be competing for the second spot open for um, University of Colorado Buffaloes. Um, Chris Holmes will be the starting defense alignment at Jackson State University, and that's a um, SWAC school. Hey, that's, that, a, that's a great university. That is where Walter Payton went to school mm-hmm. then, right? Exactly. Johnny uh, Tavio, defensive tackle, um, actually who's our player of the game, is actually going to be um, playing at University of California and also being the starting rotation. And you will actually get to see Johnny Tavio and probably um, Maxwell Lacey on Sundays. I'm, t- I'm that confident. Well, you know what, and, and, and I'd like to hear you say that, Alex, because I, I think sometimes people don't really understand what we mean by play on Sundays. But when somebody say play on Sundays, you're telling me that these are two, or one young man in particular, that you think will make it as a professional football player. Yeah, those two young men out of, out of anyone's, um, out of all the players in the All-American game, I think will have an opportunity. Size, speed, athletic ability, the school that they chose – um, will definitely help them as well um, play on Sunday. Junior Tavia is just uh, an animal. He he tore up the game. He's um, I hear that uh, I haven't had a chance to talk to him since he, spring ball, but I hear he's um, tearing it up over there. Now uh, you had eighty plus players last year, Alex. How many players do you hope to have in the game this year? We're gonna have another eighty four. Another eighty four. We're gonna take the eighty four top players in the country. Um, we're excited about it. It's a new crop. So. You have some sponsors that are uh, jumped on board with you now that are that are supporting you last year and I hope to get them back again this year. Yeah, absolutely. We have the Hilton Atomic Media. We're we're actually in negotiations with Under Armour right right now and some of the other few sponsors I can't name right now that we're in negotiation with. But but this the second year is always the better year and uh, we're gonna have top name sponsors where kids can definitely go home with um. um more t-shirts and shoes and stuff like that well alex i know that you and i have been talking about this for some time and i'm hoping that uh at least two years it's been and i'm hoping that we certainly uh could work something out that we also are part of uh of your uh, special football game and anybody's doing anything special for young men uh, i want to make sure that i'm there uh, to help them. As you and I know, uh, some of these young men end up at, at smaller schools like Alcorn State University, which is the university of which Steve McNair attended. Uh, of course, we made a, a, a tribute to Steve today and will continue to uh, put a positive light on his life. Alex, thank you for joining us today. Thank Again, you. that's uh, Alex Stone from the Junior College All-American All-Star Game. I thank Albert Files, my dear friend, Brother, I love you, man. Thank you for covering up for me all them years in Philadelphia. 
It was fun times. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I hate to say this, but I always say it. I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Rest in peace, Michael Jackson. I don't know what you take me as or understand the intelligence that Jay-Z has. I'm from the richest niggas I ain't dumb.